it, it's proven to be true. Whether you want to believe it or not, whether he was the first person that came up with the actual concepts or not, I'm not here to, you know, debate that. I'm just here to say, I found consistency in my trading based off of certain things. I've found these things to be true. Interesting. Welcome back to another episode of the TFT Podcast. My name is Lorenzo, your host of today's episode, and I'm here today with Ray. How are you doing, Ray? Doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So just to let you guys know, Ray is a funded trader with TFT. His recent payout was over $5,000, and he says he's also had over $200,000 in withdrawals with prop firms across the board. Yeah. So this is a very huge accomplishment. Thank you for coming on today, Ray. Man, I appreciate it. And I just want to give you guys your flowers because you guys are doing an amazing thing for traders. When I first started, this wasn't around. So yeah, we really amazing. appreciate that. Yeah. For sure. It's all about the community. Yeah, definitely. Let's jump right into it. So you're from Cali. You're from the West Coast. Yeah, where it's hot. What's I'm it like growing up over there? I mean, it's cool. Where I was from, it was like an hour away from LA. So okay. it was kind of more like the suburban type growing up. So it was a little bit slower. Um, our big thing was aerospace. So it's not really much opportunity outside of that in that area. So, you know, the internet was where we found our flourishment, if that makes sense. So, like we had to look for other ways to make money mm -hmm. if you didn't want to do aerospace. So how old were you when you first got into trading? Man, good question. I think I was right around like 18 or 19. Um, it was in 2016. So I see, got into it from a friend. I used to do music production for different TV shows and all that kind of stuff. So cool. through another music producer, he introduced me to Forex through MetaTrader 4. And once he showed me, you know, he was making money on his phone while we were in the studio. I was like, okay, I got to figure this out because uh -huh. we're doing all this work. We're staying up these late hours and he's succeeding in something else, making a whole nother income. So I was just curious. Yeah. So tell me about what it's like uh, working in the music industry over in Cali. So how did you first, you know, get involved in that front? Um, what was that like for you? For sure. So after high school, I had to make a decision between electrical engineering or pursuing like music because that was my love at the time. And I made the choice to go to um, Hollywood. So I moved to Hollywood at 17. And from there, I just had to, you know, try to grind my way through it. So I got lucky and ended up getting an internship out there. And it was through a music publishing company. Okay. So I kind of worked my way up through there. Um, they didn't even know I produced for like the first four months until, you know, they felt like I built enough rapport with them. Mm -hmm. So they sat me down kind of like this. And I was like, what do you want to do? You know, like, what's that next step for you? And I told them I do music production. So it just lined up perfectly, man. But I had a catalog of music ready. Uh -huh. I showed them. They're like, we have projects. We could put this in right now. So literally from that point, it just took off. So. I actually have over, I think, like 3,000 placements on all different shows and movies. So Wow. Yeah. That's it's huge. a blessing, man. It's a blessing. So how, how involved are you today in the music industry? Are you still involved? So I do it more so as a hobby, more so as a passion project now, because it was amazing to have that opportunity, especially so young when people are trying to do that their whole life. But at the same time, it took away like the fulfillment from it because of the fact that it's somebody controlling, um, you know, how it's made now. So for an example, you may think this is the perfect song, but then they're like, mm, take that out and change that. And, you know, it's tweak that. It's not your vision. Anymore. It's not your vision. So now you, you feel so restricted, you know? So I wanted to find a way to make money separate from it so that I can get back to doing it as a passion project, you know? Mm -hmm. So when you were in the, in the studio, what were you doing? Were you an engineer? Is that how you started out? So yeah, a mixture. I was an audio engineer and an intern. So I was doing the running. So they call it a runner. Yeah. yeah where you got to go get the food. Yeah. You got to go get whatever the artist needs. And they can be crazy. Crazy list. They can say, I only want yellow M&Ms. And you got to, <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to hand pick them, huh? You, you got to do what you got to do. Dang. You know, you got to work your way up. So they humble you. Yeah. They're like that for sure. I mean, I've lived in LA for a, for a little bit as well for two years. So I understand, you know, <laughs> Uh, the industry over there. And it's a lot. Like, it definitely takes a lot. There's a lot of working for free, which I'm sure you had to, you know, 
uh, experience in the beginning, at least. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on someone who's like, maybe wants to get into the music industry right now and mm -hmm. is listening to this? And what would you tell them in regards to, you know, what the work that they need to put in? Mm -hmm. Is it worth it? Man, that's a good question. I would say, number one, you really got to sit with yourself and ask yourself, do you want your passion to become something you have to do for money? Or do you want it completely separated where you have the freedom to always, you know, just take the idea in your mind, mm -hmm. put it out there and just, just see how the world takes it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't mind being criticized for it before it even goes out and reaching the people you want it to reach, mm -hmm. I would say go for it. And you just have to understand it's a long grind, kind of like trading though. hundred percent. Like, you know, you have to first get your music to the point where it's good enough for others to perceive it and want to listen to it over and over. Mm -hmm. Then you have to be able to sell that music, pitch that, you know? So yeah. it's a whole process, just like trading. Who was uh, someone you uh, worked with in the music industry that what maybe was a crazy experience, <laughs> maybe a crazy celeb you uh, did some work with? Give us uh, some ideas on, you know, who, who you work collab with in the industry. Yeah, so to be honest, since I did more like the commercial route, mm -hmm. I didn't do really like mainstream artists and you know, yeah, that yeah. kind of route, but more so like the songwriters, the actual people making the songs that you love, oh, yeah. it's more so those people, right? Ghostwriters. Scenes. So yeah, it's more ghostwriters. Um, a lot of people that actually do these crazy jingles and stuff um, are actually the songwriters for these artists as well. Mm -hmm. So more so that um, at the moment, I can't think of any names because no, it's been a while, you know what I mean? But yeah, it's been, it's been a cool experience just working with so many different people from different cultures and just seeing what you can do when you put your mind together with someone else, you know? Mm -hmm. Tell us about uh, your family, a little bit about your family and, and how you were grown. Yeah, for sure. So love my family to death. Um, I grew up like normal middle class. My family is big on education mm -hmm. and that's always been where we kind of butt heads is that they wanted me to go the same route as everyone else, which mm -hmm. was get a bachelor degree, get a good like press. It was like county jobs because, you know, they get the good 401ks, pensions. Yeah. And I just always was that kind of person that needed something different. I was more so the entrepreneurial spirit. Like even at elementary school, I was having my mom buy me lanyards so I could flip them at school, mm -hmm. you know, and just make extra money. And I learned young. Whatever you put into something, you get out. And a lot of times it'll be twice as much, whether it's good or bad. So I took that mindset um, with my music when I was younger in high school and actually started selling beats on Twitter. Okay. So yeah, I was making beats, selling them. And then I was realizing, okay, I'm making $100 a day in high school. Yeah. That's $3,000 a month. So bad. back then <laughs> I wasn't spending it on the right stuff though, right? I, was, yeah. I bought new equipment, but I was spending it on Wingstop, <laughs> like yeah, stupid yeah. stuff. But um, that really taught me the power of putting your mind to something and basically kind of like manifesting or creating it mm -hmm. out of just an idea, you know? Mm -hmm. And then growing up in Hollywood, like how was that experience as well? Because, you know, it can be pretty crazy over there. Man, I, I still have flashbacks of like <laughs> just different moments, bro. But like I literally lived on uh, Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. So there's a lot you going know, on over yeah. there. A lot I, um, going on. Some, some days I would be leaving school at midnight or something, and you know that's when all the crazies are out. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I always tell my parents I have this story where I had to, like, juke out the, you know, beat crazy people on that street, like, just to get back to my apartment, Damn. hear gunshots all night. Um, Tons of crazy stuff, man. I mean... A lot of crackheads, drug addicts. Yeah, so yeah, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> I had to say it. I'm sorry. Yeah, a lot of that kind of stuff and just... I feel like it was just like a lot of realizations I had in those moments, though, because it shows two paths very close and just one choice can, you know, like split everything. 100%. Yeah, for sure. So was, what, what was that moment for you when you were like, OK, maybe this music industry is not what I want to do long term? Honestly, I feel like when I seen no balance in my life and it was like the mental aspect was taking it. You were just time. drained every day. Drained, bro. Like. I remember when I was interning, basically I had to intern and then produce music all night, record artists. I had to do everything. It wasn't like I got upgraded to just doing beats now. Yeah. So still got to clean the studio. So my schedule went from a 12 hour day to a, basically like a 22 hour day. So keep in mind, I was a student as well. So I had to yeah. go to school, then to the internship all night, then drive back. Keep in mind, I didn't have like a parking space for my apartment. So if it was blocked, which it usually always is, 
I would have to circle all night until somebody. How many tickets did you get in LA? Bro, tons. Like that was a tuition in itself, <laughs> for real. But yeah, it'll be days like it would take two hours just to find a park. I go sleep for like 30 minutes and then I got to go right back out. So it was like the mental health part. I just felt like I'm sure anybody who has been in that grind mode, like you get into this point where it's just like almost like numb or like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's yeah. just like you haven't got sleep. You're just you're just right. not you anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're just not you. You don't know. Yeah, you just don't feel like yourself. And day after day, I started realizing like, okay, I'm making money, but it's not substantial money to the point where like, I feel like this is worth it. Mm -hmm. It's not like I can say after a year, I'll be in a place exactly. where I can stop. You'd be in the same spot. Yeah, I'll be in the same spot or worse. It's not good. Yeah. So once I realized that, and it was another instance where I fell asleep at a stop sign in the car. What time is this? Like 4 a.m. coming home? This was like 6 a.m. because I didn't sleep. Just, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just the cycle. So a robot at that point. Yeah. And I woke up to people like honking the horn and I was like, <laughs> man, like that could have been so dangerous if my foot came off the pedal or, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that was a wake up call as well. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So you're in Texas now. Yeah. So how did you make the transition over from LA to Texas? Lay that out. For from sure. So I've had family all over Texas for a long time. Okay. Um, my mother's family is from that part, but, um, honestly, Texas. Taxes, that was the main reason. The yeah, main because, I mean, in Cali, they tax you so much for everything. You got a big yeah. state tax and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So moving to Texas, I mean, you already are taking a pay raise, mm -hmm. you know? So I'm always hearing about, like, how much bang you can get for your buck, like, on the real estate side in yeah. Texas, too. For sure. That's another reason? Yeah, I mean, my whole goal is, like, I take a more, like, holistic approach to life. I don't really care too much about being the most flashy and this and that. It's like, I just want to live in peace. I want to own my own land. I want to have healthy food. I want to create a foundation where it's like my family and, you know, the next generation after me can have something that's worth actual value in this world yeah. and can be passed down, you know? Where did you get this mindset from? Is this from something you got from your family? Man, it's hard. I think because a lot of people are really thinking, you know, that far ahead where they yeah. can say, hey, I'm doing this for my, for my kids' kids. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's huge. Man, it's like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it was from like the immediate family or anything like that. But since I was young, I always had like a bigger vision. I never could just focus on myself. So, you know, even with TJFX now, it's like I find fulfillment in bigger picture goals. You know what I mean? Not just myself because I feel like it's short-winded. Yeah. And in that moment, once you succeed or you get what you want, it's like, cool. It's like getting the new pair of shoes or the new, you know, iPhone. You're excited for 30 minutes and then it's like, wears off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's, let's skip to a little bit where you are right now. Like, uh -huh. I, well, this is our first time meeting. Yeah. But uh, I've definitely seen you on Instagram before. Yeah. So I know you post uh, educational content or psychology for trading. Yeah. What, what is like your, your major focus on the, on the social media side? Okay, for sure. So my main focus on the social media side as far as YouTube is education as far as trading. Um, as far as Instagram, it's more so psychology. Psychology. Okay. Because, yeah, I feel like psychology is not pushed as hard as it needs to be because that's really the factor that's going to change everything. Like, mm -hmm. we already know almost every strategy is profitable. It's the person's mindset that allows them to actually achieve it mm -hmm. based off of like getting rid of the mental blockages and the baggage that's holding you back, you know? Exactly, yeah. Like the biggest thing I always hear is you need to master yourself, right? Yeah. Like that's exactly. really the biggest thing. Yeah, and that topic goes so deep, man. But like, I feel like a lot of traders, if they just focused on, like for example, the book Thinking Real Rich really started me on that path where it just opened my mind to like, whoa, I'm wasting so much of my mental energy, you know, focused on the negative, like mm -hmm. visualization, right? Exactly. And I'm focused on what I don't want. So I'm like, what if I fail this challenge? What if I get a similar result to the past? And when you really think about it and you, you pull back to the present moment, you now have control. So it, what my approach is, is trying to get back to the conscious awareness. I think that's the biggest exactly. thing that helped me through my trading. So let's go back to your journey as a trader. So you, you remember you told me, you were in the studio, your friend showed you the MT4 terminal. Yeah. That's clearly like the moment where you're like, okay. Yeah. And it'll, what is this it'll software? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this is crazy. So do you feel like your music experience, you know, mastering, engineering and DAWs, everything like that, do you think that helped you translate over into MT4? Yeah. To your success as, as being a day trader? For sure. I think 
like through the music, I already had the discipline. I was like, I'm going to stay up all night to make beats or do what I got to do anyway. So that background is, as well as having like the mindset for like electrical engineering and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I feel like a lot of traders that I've talked to, if they had a, a background in engineering, mm-hmm. usually they succeed pretty well in trading because it's very systematic. Like, I'm not sure if you ever heard of if then statements, but uh-huh. you know what I mean? Yeah, so but... it's, it's like the logic uh, brain. Mm-hmm. So I think that definitely helped a lot. And with MetaTrader 4, I mean, numbers always made sense to me. Yeah. (laughs) Like addition, I'm like, okay, if I can flip this to that, you know, Mm -hmm. there it is. So yeah, for sure. Tell us about the the grind and the struggle. So when you first started, what was it like for you? Yeah. Were were you, uh, how bad of a trader were you? (laughs) How hard was it? Yeah. So when I first started trading, I mean, I feel like it was like everybody else where I basically put money in MetaTrader 4. I clicked buy or sell. How much money? How it goes. So I started with $1,000. Okay. And it's a funny story. I was actually telling my friends the other day, but me and my now fiance, we basically put like $1,000 in an account and we mm-hmm. each were trading. We didn't know how news actually affected the markets. Mm-hmm. We were actually trading during the election. So we put buy on, I put buy on like a one lot um, order. She put a sell, I think. And so you're trading two different accounts? Correct. Yeah. So we both had our own accounts and we had two totally different experiences. So for me, I actually went in profit like 180 bucks real quick. So okay. 18 pips. And I'm like, oh, close, close, close. For her, it immediately went Tanked. against her, right? So she lost a good chunk of her no money. No stop loss. No stop loss because we didn't understand it. So yeah. it was funny, like looking back on it now, but that's really what started everything for me. Because yeah. I'm like, okay, how did I achieve this in such little time? You know what I mean? I made $180 and it wasn't coordinated to my time or energy or effort, you know? And that just, yep. that blew my mind. It's the glitch. Yeah. Right? Everyone talks glitch. about it. It's the money glitch, right? Yeah. <laughs> How many years ago was that? Like when you took your first train? That was, I believe, eight years ago. Eight years ago. Yeah. So when in your journey did you feel like you became, you know, actually profitable? Yeah. So I would say it was around like the three year, maybe like three and a half year mark okay. somewhere in there. The first two years, I mean, just throw it in a garbage bag. <laughs> it's just like, over. Yeah, you're just trying to sort through, you know, all the nonsense you see online and trying all to follow the glitz and glamour. Strategies. Yeah, so you just get lost in all that at first. And then I feel like around the three-year mark is when you have it sorted. You're no longer chasing the fast money because you're like, all right, I've been in this two years and I've lost more than I've ever made. Mm-hmm. It's not coming fast. Let's settle down. We know there's, that there's an opportunity here. Mm-hmm. But how can we get the actual advantage over the market and think different than other people, you know? Yeah. I mean, it sounds so much easier than it, than it is, right? Like the way you just said it, it just sounds so easy. <laughs> yeah, it definitely sounds easy when you say it, but I mean, it's more so of like the choices in every single moment that you make, mm-hmm. you know? Um, there's a quote I always say by Einstein, but doing the exact same thing and expecting a different outcome is insanity. Yep. Yep. So if you can really grasp that concept early on in your journey, you can realize that if you can, if you can stop yourself from the mistakes, like everyone has to make mistakes, right? But learn quicker from your mistakes. Yeah. Don't, don't allow yourself making the same one. Yeah. Don't make the same one ten times in a row and be like, oh, you know, I thought over leveraging was gonna work this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Logically, it's not. So I always tell you know my traders now is like, be logical, be rational, and always think worst case scenario as far as risk management mm-hmm. because. Everyone wants to think positive, like, oh, this trade can go for 20% and, you know, everything will be great. My life will be amazing. But what's the downside to that? There's a risk to everything. And we, a lot of times, don't focus on it. So if you look at people like Ray Dalio, he always focuses on the risk more than the reward. You know what I mean? That's the only thing you can control. Exactly. You can't control the reward. Exactly. And that's the biggest thing. So... Something for me personally that I went through, the biggest, I would say, you know, aha moment was pretty much figuring out that less is more in trading, right? So what that looks like for me was there was probably, you know, maybe at least a year in my trading career where I'm sitting here on the computer all day, every day, taking every opportunity I see, thinking that that is going to be practice for me and that's going to be able to, you know, okay, I have more experience, more trades, right? And then you look at the the MT4 and it's like you're seeing all this red yeah. and you're like, like this, this is not, this is not working. Exactly. So then it wasn't until I really realized, you know, 
one or two trades a day. Be very specific with it. Don't over trade. Don't keep trading. What was the biggest thing for you that you learned in your career? Man, I would have to say it's being disciplined in a endless environment. Mm -hmm. With trading, there's no rules. There's no limit, right? Because a normal job, you have certain hours you work. You have a certain amount of money you'll make. You have a manager. You have boss that's going to keep you in line like, hey, do this, do that. With trading, you have nothing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can risk as much as you want. You can stand a trade as long as you want until you get margin called. You can, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can take as many trades as you want. So it's really about becoming disciplined and knowing when enough is enough, like being grateful for what the market is actually giving you. And also sticking to your plan, like as in, I'm very strict on only taking two to three trades per day. Mm -hmm. It could be, you know, I take the three losses and I see the perfect setup after. I walk away. I close my laptop and I'm done. Because it's gotta be done. the discipline is what's going to pay me over the long term versus in this moment, the satisfaction I may get from catching that one winning trade right now. How many more mistakes is that going to cause because I now rewarded myself with a dopamine rush for a negative habit. Exactly. You know? And then you got to come back on the account, right? And then that's a whole yep. other game. That's a whole other game you got to play. Yep. So what, is, what is your advice for people that are in drawdown on a challenge? Let's say they started off the challenge on the wrong foot. They're down, I don't know, 5%, whatever it is. And they need to come back now to break even before they can even get into profit. What would you say for people in that situation? What is a good piece of advice? Okay, I have two. It's two different perspectives. So the first one would be, once again, getting back to the present moment. As soon as you go into drawdown, this is the biggest trick I feel like that trading has over us is it's against our natural psychology. Yeah. So as soon as we go into drawdown, we go into fear mode. We're like, oh no, we have to protect ourselves. We don't like this feeling. How can we get out of it? So we're like, oh, well, if we over leverage now, you know, we can get out of this drawdown quicker. <laughs> and, but once again, we think about the reward. We don't think about the risk. So the biggest thing is being present and understanding that a drawdown is normal. A drawdown is normal. And I think like now we have a lot of younger traders in this industry, but the people who have been doing this for years, I mean, they've experienced 5%, 10% drawdowns on live funds. So you have to understand that this is normal. It's a pattern that has a play out. Um, Mark Douglas even talks about this in detail in trading in the zone, but he talks about how if you flip a, a quarter or any coin, you know, you have a 50-50 chance. Mm -hmm. So as long as you have a profitable strategy, you've back-tested it, you know your risk-to-reward is profitable. Like mine is a minimum of one to three risk-to-reward for my trades. Interesting. Minimum. So yeah. I know that even if I only win three out of 10 trades, I'm yeah. still profitable. You can suck. Yeah, I could suck. It's still exactly. money. So <laughs> to, in my, my mindset on that is why wouldn't I put the odds in my favor if I know this game is rigged against me? Yeah. You know, so, that, yeah, so that would be the first perspective is keep yourself grounded in the present moment. Do not place a trade on that account if you had negative thoughts. Put yourself in a positive mindset, um, whether it's through uh, repetition of the outcome you want, visualization, meditation, get yourself calm first before you approach it. Um, the second part of that would be understanding that it's not the end of the world if this account goes to the wayside. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like before, I feel like it was more so of like, man, this is my personal capital. I felt more attached to it. And if I blow this whole account or dig myself in this hole, it's like, 100%. that's a lot more capital because think about it. You put your own 10K or 20K in account and you see that dwindling. Yeah. That's like a permanent pain point. Yeah, you you don't feel that. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> I totally get it as well. Like these challenges aren't particularly cheap, but we have to understand that there's rules in place on top of normal market activity. So it's not saying you're a bad trader if you fail a challenge or going to a drawdown. It's normal. Completely normal. It's normal. Exactly. So my whole perspective on that too is you have to understand it's kind of, once again, risk to reward game up taking challenges. You may particularly go into a drawdown you feel like you can't get out of. And let's say you lose one. It's okay. Take that next challenge, but make sure you're in the right mindset. And now look at the risk to reward on that. Maybe you spent $1,000 on challenges, mm -hmm. but you know, you make two to 3,000 on the next payout. Yeah. That's a one <laughs> to three risks to reward, right? So if we think about this in terms of investment, what other investment right now besides crypto, all right, in 2017, <laughs> right? What other investment is going to pay you even 100% ROI if you really think about it? 
now there's no time limit on, you know, phase one and phase two, which is amazing. I think that's yeah. awesome. But at the same time, it's like before you had a limit of basically 90 days, right? So for the phase one, 30 days yep. and the second one, 60. That means in a month and a half, you could see a 100%, 200% return on your money. And you guys were giving like crazy deals where, you know, you can keep 15% of phase one and phase two. There's no better it's, deal. It's a no brainer. You know what I mean? Like as long as you're, you know that you're profitable and you train for this opportunity, mm -hmm. it's a no brainer. What pair do you train? Euro USD. Euro USD. That's my baby, right? That's all you train? Yeah, that's all I trade probably for like the last four years. Nice. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people really recommend, I've been hearing a ton of people recommending that lately for like brand new traders. Yeah. Like do Euro USD. It's clean, man. It's clean and simple. Like for me, I, I trade New York session, so it moves how I need it to move. And since I trade the lower time frames, I mean, I'm not focused on a hundred pips. I'm more so focused on that one to three, which I can get within like 16 to 18 pips. Yeah. And I needed, I wanted to ask you about that one to three, right? Because yeah. a lot of people will say, what are, well, first of all, let me ask you this. What are your thoughts on like a one to one strategy? Because I know there's some people that yeah. do that. Maybe they have more success. Um, Whatever works for them, you know, exactly. I'm honestly, it's whatever works for them. But what are your thoughts on, on that, on a one-to-one? -one? Yeah, so my mindset, honestly, on that is you know yourself. At the end of the day, you, you can control yourself and you know what's profitable. You back-tested your strategy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if it's a one-to-one, -one, that's cool. You just have to understand that. You need to win more. You got to win a lot more. So we have to understand that just because a strategy says it wins 60%, 70% of the time, that's not kind of human error. So how many times did you close that trade too early because you got fearful of it going against you? Yeah. How many times did you make a bad decision such as we say, you know, we double clicked our MetaTrader 4 on accident, but we really wanted to over leverage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we've all done that. We've all done exactly. that. Like they click it and it doesn't show up and you're like, click it again. Yeah. Two orders and you're like. But then you don't close it because you're like, well, let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah. So that's the whole mindset behind it is how many mistakes are you actually making? That's what really matters, you know? Mm -hmm. So you're one to three, you feel like you're easily able to get a, grab a one to three on any given day? I'll be honest. So we trade um, basically four days a week. Not saying we have to take a position, but that's when we look for positions. So Tuesday through Friday. And to be honest, it's more so of an approach of the market of that's what I'm going to take or I'm going to take nothing. And it's helped me so much because the market fluctuates so much. I mean, of course we can predict to say we wanted to run this high or we wanted mm -hmm. to run this low. But at the end of the day, if we get too focused on that and we go for, you know, random targets such as this liquidity is, you know, 1.1 away and this one's 2R, there's no consistency. There has to be structure to it. Mm -hmm. And with the one to three, once again, it puts the odds in your favor very quickly and easily. Mm -hmm. And since we trade the one minute time frame, I mean, we can see that one to three play out within two hours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you ever traded other pairs or has uh, just really been Euro USD? <laughs> I mean, honestly, when I first started trading, I was kind of just going with anything. And I realized that that is another factor that I feel like plays into a lot of people's inability to be disciplined mm -hmm. is the fact that, for example, diving into correlation, right? So you think that, oh, if Euro is going up right now, UJ has to be going down. But you realize there's all different correlations. Mm -hmm. There's all different, you know. Yeah. And then you think about a pair like UCAD and it has influences from oil and it's so much deeper than most traders even understand. So it's more than just clicking buy and sell here and there. And I feel like just going back to one pair, it made it so much simpler, way more focused. And I feel like you can align with that pair better by studying it. So if I go to sleep tonight and I looked at it, and I'm like, okay, it's sitting at a higher high. It's made this pattern. I'm expecting a potential move 30 pips down to here. And I'm going to look for that demand level. Try to do that times five and remember exactly where the pair's at. It's not possible. It's not possible. So <laughs> I think that in itself just kind of grounded me in one pair and I've seen a lot of success with it. So you brought up something I want to touch on. You said you're going to sleep, right? You're looking at the charts. Do you do that every night? You look at the charts before you go to bed just to kind of get an idea of what's happening in the morning? Yeah. So honestly, I look at the charts and then I meditate and then I go to sleep. So I'm a firm believer in like the power of the mind, right? So mm -hmm. visualization, like visualizing what I want to see or visualizing what I think will happen, anticipating it, right? And then, huge. yeah, is I mean, athletes do it, you know, to see the success, like mm -hmm. that next level of success. So if we do it for our own trading and we prepare our mind and anticipate what we want to see when it happens, I mean, it doesn't have to, but you're prepared if it does happen. Yeah. You know, walk me through that step by step. 
Yeah. What does the visualization process look like for you? For sure. So basically it's roughly around like 25 to 30 minutes. Um, I first sit down and I do my breathing practice, right? So diaphragmatic breathing, shout out to Wim Hof. You know, he kind of like made it easy savage. for a lot of people. Yes, average, like cold exposure, all that, uh. dope. But um, yeah, so I sit down for about five to 10 minutes and just do deep diaphragmatic breathing mm -hmm. to bring my focus back to like the present moment, right? Once I kind of feel that like I have that elevated mood, that's when I start my visualization. So the mood is very important, I noticed. You have to get yourself into that elevated state of gratitude. Um, once you're in that kind of state, you start thinking about things that you're grateful for in your trading. So once again, taking from the negative and switching to the positive exactly, and saying, yeah. sure, you made mistakes today, but what did you do great? What did you do good? You know, stick like, to the plan. You did exactly. stick to the plan. Or like, for example, if you click two trades and did you close one? If you did, you made the right choice. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. reward yourself for that. Um, if you felt like even though you had a bad trading day, you didn't beat, your, beat yourself up too bad and you still allowed yourself to be human. Like, be grateful for that. Do you still have your prim account? Be grateful for that. Like, yeah. there's so many minute things that we overlook all the time. So just bringing that up. And then um, from that point, it's more so switching to the charts. So I visualize my strategy. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, I'll visualize the eight hour, the three hour. I'll visualize price. Eight, eight hour and the three hour. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever looked at those. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, a little bit of logic behind it, right? So if we think about session timing, Every session is roughly around like eight hours main volatility time. And if we think about eight times three, 24 hours in a day. So if you look at the three hour time frame, you're actually a lot of times looking at the candlesticks that create the high or low of the actual sessions we trade. So London session high, New York high, these are okay. very important parts of, you know, understanding how to visualize like maybe the top or bottom of the session. Yeah. And you'll realize through back testing that a lot of times London will set New York up. Yeah. So, you know, whether it's a, push up, right? Mm -hmm. It'll bounce off a certain demand or order block and vice versa. So once you understand your logic of your strategy, you visualize it over and over. You visualize positive and negative though. I think that's what changed it for me is I want to visualize the trade going my way, mm -hmm. but I also want to prepare for the worst case scenario. I want to prepare myself for price coming back against me so that I can be calm enough to say, okay, I don't, it, it makes no difference to me if it hits my stop loss. It's a, I'm, I'm rewarding myself based off of how well I can perform a strategy, not in money. Not the outcome. Not the outcome, yeah. exactly. So more so the visualization is preparing me over and over and over again to be the best trader overall, which is being the best at taking wins and losses. It's not one or the other. It has to be both. I'm just learning a lot right now, honestly. Like, this is great. Appreciate it. Where did you learn all this? You read a lot of books <laughs> on trading? Bro, I'm like, when I come <laughs> to trading, it's, I'm a nerd about it, bro. Like. I'm a true like student of the game till this point. Like, yeah, I feel like I will be forever. But that's awesome. I just want to shout out to, you know, all the traders that came before us. Like, I think people like Linda Raschke, um, you know, Ray Dalio, so many, like even ICT. Like, I feel like he's changing the game for a lot of traders right yeah. now. And, you know, I can't say that I particularly learned directly from them or I don't per se like subscribe to everything. Yeah. But it's accurate. You take what works for you. There's something in it that makes sense. So that's the thing is like, don't focus so much on being in a certain group or like saying, this is my strategy because you yeah. realize it's a culmination of all of your experiences up to this point. Like I have moments. Yeah. yeah. It's very personal. Yeah. And I have moments when I trade and it's just like the market may not have per se printed the candle yet, but I already know what I'm looking for. And then it happens and I'm like, boom, you know what I mean? And it's just that intuitive nature just based off of your experiences in the market. Because every time you look at the market, every second you spend on it, your subconscious mind remembers that. Yeah. You know, it's processing it. And then next time it sees something like it, it's going to pull it out of that, you know, that, that history book in your brain and say, okay, cool. So we've seen this pattern, this break of structure before, and we've seen it play off this level. Does it look similar enough? That's all we're doing is recalling data that's saved in our mind. Crazy. What is your go-to setup? My go Euro USD. What is your go-to trade? Like yeah. perfect trade. What does it look like? For sure. So it's funny. I actually like taking sales more than buys. Okay. I feel like naturally my, I just see it better. I don't know why, but my perfect setup would be price in London session, excuse me, London <laughs> session, making a new high, uh -huh. pushing up. And once New York session opens, we start to see a retracement, right? 
from that point, I like to see a break of structure maybe on the M15 timeframe and then mm -hmm. a retest up to London session and price just weeks past it. So grabbing that liquidity. And from that point, I'm looking for a break short of structure on the one minute short. That's my perfect setup. I visualize it all the time. And like, <laughs> you know, if I see it setting up, I'm like, oh, this is a money day. You know yeah. what I mean? So. Perfect. Yeah. And uh, are you using a US dollar or DXY or anything to help you? So time, like time from time, I do look at uh, DXY because, you know, with Euro, it's a direct opposite. Yeah, direct correlation. So, yeah, I do use it from time to time. I think you, you still have to understand, depending on the broker you're using for those charts, there will still be differences. And then there's also a lag. I don't know if you ever noticed it, but like if you have your phone and you're holding MT4 and then you look at TradingView, there's a lag. There's a difference. So that can mess you up, especially trading the lower time frames. Um, DXY also forms a little bit differently. So it'll mm -hmm. form different candlesticks, more gaps. So you just got to be aware of things that could alter your bias in the market. So yeah, talk about that. Talk about bias. Yeah. Do you, do you start the day off with the daily bias? I try to stay neutral, to be honest. Like, um, for example, if I see that the daily time frame is in a certain trend, right? I'll look for what it needs to achieve around price. So when I start my day, it's like, technically, you don't know if price is going to shoot up or retrace a bit before shooting up, right? Mm -hmm. But you can have a bias that you want to see the overall day close bullish. So at that point, I'll mark up my higher time frame points of interest, and then I drop down lower. And I say, okay, now on an intraday basis, maybe the H1 to M15, what does yeah. price need to do before I enter? It's like, okay, I want to see it retest this point. Cool. So now once it taps that point, I'm dropping down to the one minute and I'm saying, okay, now I need to see price tell me it's ready to transition back in that direction. So now I'm going to wait for a break of structure. Let's say bullish, right? I'm going to wait for a retest. And I use something called a Quasimodo, which is similar to a head and shoulders pattern. Mm -hmm. But I'm looking for price to break structure and retest right shoulder, show me signs of rejection. It's like a weaker retest, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. But it's showing me exhaustion. It's showing me that price is ready to transition the opposite way. So a lot of times those one minute entries will allow us to get in on the wicks of like, let's say the H1 or H4 timeframe. And then we end up catching the next leg of structure on those timeframes. So I want to ask you about the one minute timeframe. Yeah. Because for most people, it can be your best friend or it can be something that stabs you in the back, right? <laughs> yeah. like people can go crazy seeing way too much on the one minute. So how have you been able to master the one minute yeah. to where you can see everything clearly? What you have any tips for that? Yeah, for sure. Number one, understanding that the markets are fractal. So if I turned off on my chart, the time, the, or let's say the time frame in the corner, right? Mm -hmm. From H1 or M15, you wouldn't know what time frame you're trading. You would just see candlesticks. Yeah. And you would realize all these candlesticks are telling you the same thing versus the time frame. So in reality, if you really think about it, if you're able to understand what these candlesticks mean, where price is trying to reach to, it's no different on any time frame you trade. The only difference is how quickly you're going to see the outcome of your trade. So a lot of people don't have the discipline to cut themselves off from trading. Let's say if my stop loss gets hit two times in 30 minutes, they'd yeah. be like, well, you know, New York session is still another three hours or for the main part of the volatility, mm -hmm. let's keep going. But I think that's where that discipline comes into play. From what I'm understanding, it seems like there's almost two different perspectives out there. When people are saying, yo, don't trade the one minute because it's going to stop you out. Too much going on. You can't see the trend, whatever it is, right? And then yeah. I'm hearing you fully confident in the one minute. You feel like you see everything clearly, right? So what is, what is going on here But for someone to be able to say the complete opposite that, that you're saying, right? The power of belief. Like it's at the end belief. of the day, it's kind of like the four minute mile where there was a person that believed he could do it. He did it. Yeah. And now everybody believes they can do it. Right. Crazy. So I think it's the same thing with the one minute time frame where it's like they, you limit yourself at the end of the day. Like if you feel truly in your heart because you read a Twitter post or an Instagram post and there was one person that went on a rant on how it didn't work for them. And now yeah. you believe it. You subscribe to that person's belief. Yeah. You give them the power over you. That's true. So in reality, if you take a step back and really understand, like, if I enter a break of structure on one minute, it's the same pattern as a five minute, 15, 30. The only difference is how quick you see your one to three hit or your stop loss hit. So you're really making me want to get back on the one minute chart because <laughs> I've been using the three minute chart. And that's solid too. That's solid too. Yeah. What are your mm -hmm. thoughts on, on the other time frames? I think it's all the same thing. Um, for example, like 
every time frame has a little bit different of candlestick form, right? Yeah. So maybe today one minute time frame looks really great, but tomorrow it doesn't. And it doesn't show me the rejections I need to see. Go to the two minute. You might see that bearish engulfing form or that three minute time frame. So I think it's more so of using multiple time frame correlation to really find that key to what's going to help you find a profitable trade for that day. Mm -hmm. Quigley wanted to bring up, we talked a little bit about ICT. So from what you have learned from him, what are some nuggets that you take with you? So once again, when I first came across Smart Money Concepts, I didn't actually learn from him. It was actually like from other groups I was in and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, once again, respect to him. I think he's done amazing and, you know, he's helping the community a lot. But now I've watched a couple of videos and I think the biggest thing that I've learned from him is really just diving deeper into the fact that there is some kind of algorithm. You know what I mean? <laughs> he said it. He said yeah. it, guys, not me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, like, it, it's proven to be true. Whether you want to believe it or not, whether he was the first person that came up with the actual concepts mm -hmm. or not, I'm not here to, you know, debate that. I'm just here to say I found consistency in my trading based off of certain things, such as imbalances, such as order blocks, such as, you know, these yeah. concepts. So that's not to say supply and demand or support and resistance doesn't work. It's just to say that I've found these things to be true. Interesting. So where are you at today? You, <laughs> like, let's fast forward to today, yeah. right? You had over 200K payouts. What was it like when you received your first payout? What was that? Man. How did that change your life? Yeah, it, it <laughs> changed, the, like, the trajectory. I'll say it made it quicker because I always knew I would get there. Um, my first payout was from the funding talent. So this was back in like COVID time, right? Yeah. Like 2021-ish, I think somewhere around there. That was my first big payout. It was like 21,000, 20,000, somewhere. First payout, 20K. Yeah. And that was pretty big. Yeah. That's pretty big. Yeah. You know, the average payout is like between somewhere usually between 7 and 10K. So 21K, you already doubled that for, for your free, yeah. first payout. Yeah. And I think I, back then I only took like two chances at it. Like it was my second challenge that I took with them. And I think it was like 400 bucks. So 800 bucks, got 20,000. And that just completely blew my mind because before that, I mean, I had to trade personal accounts with live brokers. So I'm over here trying to save up my 4,000, 5,000 and use risk management, right? So you're not seeing the returns you want to see, but... And you always have that thought in the back of your mind. You're yeah. like, this, I could lose this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it was more so of that, like that transition. I had already been trading for four to five years. So I already was refining myself and refining my discipline and all that. So when the industry started coming about, yeah. I was prepared to take advantage of it. But that night, man, I was telling them the other day, like I actually stayed up to watch that trade because, you know, it, I had a 40 lot in at that time. And keep in mind, I trade the Lord's Lord Time Run. Lot. Yeah, it was a 40 lot. Damn. And I caught like 60-something pips, something around there. Jeez. Yeah, so I, I monitored that trade like literally from, I think it was around Asia session when I started monitoring it, all the way to like 3 or 4 a.m. And I closed it out and it was just like surreal. I was like, I couldn't believe it because, you know what I mean? You're seeing digital money and you're like, whoa, like, is this possible? I mean, everyone knows when you see the blues showing up on MT4, like, that's just a feeling that nothing else can give you. Yeah. Be honest, it's crazy. I'm telling you, man. It's like, crazy. I got emotional. Yeah. I got emotional at 3 a.m. And I was like, should I wake my girl up and tell her? But I, like, I just waited because I was like, all right, I don't want to, you know what I mean? So you're trading that, that, you were trading that late at night? I held it because I oh. caught a great entry during New York. So I held it, but I was just managing that trade okay. because I believed in it. I was like, okay, I think this is going to play out. But going back to developing that discipline, like there was times like I had to just leave the house. I had to go on walks to keep myself from making. You have to, you yeah. have to literally get up and step away from the computer. Yeah. And it's hard because like, that's the thing. If you aren't in the present moment, that adrenaline and stress controls you and you'll make a bad decision and you won't even realize until after. And you're like, what did I do? It's crazy. Yeah. Cause like you won't even have any memory of like yeah. making your decisions when yep. you're in that state of mind. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's like the autonomic nervous system. It just does it. Yeah. You know, but yeah. So, you know, it was crazy experience that night, man. Like tears, like yeah. for real, because you see all of your work finally becoming worth something. And it's like, at that time, I was pursuing something that my whole goal was, I'm going to build my slower, you know, long-term live accounts yeah. and see where this journey takes me. And once that actually came out and, you know, it just, 
it was there was no way the person would count at that point. <laughs> and I feel like that's where, you know, alignment and, you know, just working towards something. Don't worry about how it's going to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Like work hard enough where every opportunity you're ready for it. So like you said, you, you already had four, almost five years of experience before you even got into firm. Yeah, exactly. So that definitely was you laying the foundation for your success, huh? Yeah. So when firms came out and they're like, oh, you just have to hit an 8% or 10% target. I was like, it sounds too way. Yeah. I was like, wait, hold on, hold on. And then I think fun and talent at that time, like they didn't have the um, time limits like they, well, now we don't have them, but yeah. it was like around uh, 15 days. It was like half or something like Damn. that. So yeah, I'm like, wait. So you're, you're putting 40 me. lots down, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, it's like, you're telling me within potentially a, a month, I can get my money back. So a refund and my profits. I, I, I couldn't understand it. Like at first, I just felt like it was too good. But then I realized how many traders actually lose consistently. Like it's different losing sporadically. You know what I mean? As far as the odds playing out in your favor. But I realized how impatient a lot of traders are and how quickly they'll actually blow accounts like back to back to back to back to back. So yeah, once I realized the game, you know what I mean? I just always focused on how can I be on the opposite side of, you know, those traders, just like in the real markets. You keep bringing up really good points. And then like, for me, what I see is that it all comes back to your perspective. You're, you were able to have some sort of perspective that allows you to step back from yourself. Yeah. Allows you to, you know, not be uh, caught up in the moment yeah. and really take it slow and slow down and figure things out strategically. Yeah. That's, that's pretty crazy. That's something a lot of traders definitely need to be able to learn how to tap into. For sure. So you said a lot of meditation, visualization, knowledge, that's the stuff that gets you there? Yeah, honestly, like the way I think is kind of like my head's in the clouds at all times. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I try not to think of now as far as, well, of course, it would be nice to have this car. Of course, it'd be nice to have, you know, achieve this profit target today. But it's more so of understanding that time is going to play out no matter what. Like our interview right now, yeah, yeah. an hour is going to pass and it's going to be whether, you know, we finish the interview or, you know, we stop it or, you know, decisions we make such as we put in a trade with risk management or we don't put in a trade. The time is going to pass, but the outcome is what is going to change. So if you can understand that factor and surrender to time and just understand that the only thing you can control is your actions to put the odds in your favor. Dude, <laughs> crazy, man. Yeah. Crazy. It's really crazy. Too much sauce. I oh, appreciate it. <laughs> so tell us about your groove that you have going on. Yeah. So how large is the group? I think we had around 4,000 members on Discord at its highest point. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's, it's crazy. I'm extremely grateful. I actually started it around 2020, I believe. So somewhere around that point, right before Perms came out, actually. So it was cool because I was actually able to prepare the first group of those traders to really uh, take advantage with me. You know what I mean? So it really just kind of took off after that. Like after I got my payout, um, we had a lot of other traders get payouts and it just took off from there. So it was perfect because my strategy focused on long-term, or I'll say in- long-term intraday plays, such as aiming for like 50 to 60 pip targets for final take profits, but you only really need five pip stop losses, five to six pip stop, stop losses. So it changed the game. And if you think about it, like being able to leverage that much with our potential little downside of only yeah. like 400 bucks and the odds of, you know, our strategy playing out over time, it's like, it was really cool, um, you know, seeing how the group was actually able to take advantage. What was the experience for you like when you see your students getting their first payout? Like, how does that feel? Like, that's literally like a whole nother experience. Yeah. Honestly, it feels like that same night when I got my first payout. Cause like, I think you have to, with trading, you have to think bigger than yourself or you get to the point where it no longer fulfills you. So that's the thing is like, after I had a video on this, but after you get out of survival mode, it's like, you have to figure out what is going to be your driving factor. And for me, it was actually the fulfillment and actually helping other people get the same mm-hmm. thing I got, which was freedom through trading. So once you have a couple, like five figures in the bank, you can take a deep breath 
And you can say, okay, what do I actually want to do tomorrow, this month? Um, you know, do I want to go to the park and spend, you know, two or three hours with my family? Do I want to go take my mom somewhere nice? Do I want to go to a nice restaurant and reward, you know, the people who have been sacrificing around me? So it's more so of that, that makes a big impact. So for an example, you know, Jordan, mm -hmm. it's been amazing to see his growth and his passion that I had, you know what I mean? Because when I was coming up, it's kind of like the studio where yeah. I knew where I wanted to go. And at the end of the day, it's like, it was just the time that I had to play out. So now seeing him ask me, you know, how'd you deal with this situation as far as, you know, you're in a drawdown and you don't know how to handle it. And I told him the same thing, like focus on the present moment, release all the negativity, excuse me, negativity, and focus on, you know, what goal you're trying to achieve. And it was interesting. He took my five-day class. And after he took the five-day class, we worked together for about two months. Every single day, I told him to send me a psychology report. And I love this. I'm telling you. I Every love, day for two months. I'm telling you, I love this. I told him. You because, guys know him well, huh? Very. It's like the deepest, <laughs> darkest part of his mind. Exactly. Very well. But the, I told him, I was like, look, if you're not serious, I don't want to deal with you. I said, if you give me 100%, I'll give you 110%, though. And he he, he gave me 110%. So I was, oh, I got, I got to step it up now. You know what I mean? But And let everyone know where he's at right now. Yeah. So he's actually behind the cameras. He's about to come up next. But um, he's seen a lot of success in his trade and just got a big payout. And, you know, it's only up from there. But yeah. So even through that experience, though, like when he first sent me a message, he was just like, thank you, bro. And he sent me the picture. It was like, if, if, I don't know how to explain it. I was just so grateful because I'm like, man, if I didn't make the choices in my life, he would never be or I don't want to say he would never. He would. He's he's going to be successful no matter what. But it wouldn't have aligned like it did. You know what I mean? Like for me, all doing all those sacrifices allowed him to make those sacrifices that ended up getting to this outcome. So once again, it's time playing out yeah. and just following your path. So and, you have to have full trust yeah. in what you're doing. Then you have to know it's going to work out early. Yeah. And that's the thing. The more you try to control anything, the further you get away from it. So you have to figure out how to allow things to come into you, like come into existence or come into your life. I feel like that's a huge part of it. Crazy. Do you ever plan on like writing a book? I feel like <laughs> you have a lot of knowledge. Like that could be, that could, you could be an author, honestly. I, I appreciate this training. Yeah. yeah. I truly appreciate that. Honestly, I've thought about it and I've, I've started little projects, but yeah, I think I'm still young in the game. And how old are you, by the way, for everyone? Yeah. So I'm 27. Okay. I'm a Pisces. So me too. Oh, let's go. You, we vibe together. Yeah. I could tell for sure. But yeah, so like, I definitely down the line do want to. I think I have a long journey ahead of me. I'm no, nowhere close to where I want to be um, in my trading or, you know, even with TGFX. Like, I truly want to put my foot in this industry in a positive way that allows everyone to succeed and, you know, get to a point where like, trading is a normal job now. Because like for my parents, they still technically don't really understand they what can't I can't wrap do. their head around. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So I want that to be a normal by the time, you know, I retire from this industry. It's just like, oh, you're a trader too? That's what's up. Like, it's, it's, it's looked at as like a doctor. Yeah. Because I feel like we put in so much work and effort and time and sacrifice that it's no different than, you know, going to school for these crazy de degrees like masters and extended, you know, doctorates mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. I mean, right now is literally the best time to get into trading. Like, best time. There's no better time than right now. I'm telling you, like the opportunities, people, like you guys aren't understanding, especially like <laughs> Twitter right now. It's hilarious too. It's hilarious. <laughs> like everybody's like, oh, can you, you, can you drop the target by another person? Can you do this? Can you do that? So there's a quote by Jim Rohn that says, don't ask for things to get easier. Ask for yourself to get better. How can you get better? Because the thing is, Okay, they dropped the targets. What's your excuse now? Mm -hmm. There's always going to be an excuse. Still got to make the train. Yes. But Still got to do the work. If you, now you trained yourself to be good enough to hit an 8% target, 10% target pretty exactly. consistently. Why lower the bar for yourself? And if they do lower the bar, it's just making it easier for you. I've so It's been getting easy, right? It's been getting easier. So that's the thing is like, once again, don't focus on losing a challenge. It happens to everybody. But more so focus on developing yourself into the type of trader that can consistently get an advantage over it, as in becoming a trader that can hit those targets very easily based off of 
a proper risk management protocol, strategy, and of course, the mind state. Uh, what is your long-term goal? Where, like you said, <laughs> you said, I'm not where I, I'm not where I want to be yet. What does that look like for you? Man, so I think this is the perfect time to lock it in, but I personally feel that my goal right now is to build a portfolio just around everything, around 100 million. I want to own apartment buildings. I want to build TGFX into something far bigger than just trading education and, you know, bringing up traders, but also be able to give them opportunities such as, you know, diversify, diversification. Because mm -hmm. um, just recently, for an example, I was sharing with the team, like from my knowledge of trading, I actually took payouts and I put it into crypto and putting it into crypto. I was actually able to 100x my investment within about to walk off the podcast right now. I'm telling you, <laughs> and this was recent. So like I'll put numbers because it's, it's a podcast, but like, for example, turning 40K into 87,000 within like two months. And, I, and it's crazy. Like it was funny. It was my fiance's birthday. We were actually going to the spot. And someone told me to just check my phone before I went in. And then my friends texted me. He's like, bro, did you see XRP? And I'm like, no. I checked my phone, huge candle. I'm just like, huh. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I feel like as a trader, you become numb almost to seeing the up and down. So, exactly. you know, I told my fiance, I, was, I showed her, I was like, what do you think we should do? Should we close out? Or she you say, know, what is she saying? See, she's the risk manager. Like I was always more risky, but she was like, well, let's just take out the initial investment and then leave the rest. I mean, come on. Come on, right? And so that's the thing is like it, your habits from your trading show up in other areas of your life because there's a lot of traders that wouldn't have taken profit then or take it some. Zero. And it goes back to zero. And then what? So now it's like I'm risk-free on that investment. So now I can do that again and Free. do that again and Free. do that again. So that's the game I want to get everyone around me to is like see the world as opportunity. Don't limit yourself. Understand that anything is possible. and we only have one life. So it's like, we got to turn it up, you know? What's your relationship like with crypto? Like, is this a uh, relationship? Have you had a lot of crypto experiences with XRP, you know? I used to trade a lot more crypto, but it's actually funny because when the bull run first happened, like in 2017, I, I wasn't financially in the same place that I am now. So I used to always tell myself the next time an investment opportunity like this happens, I'll be prepared and I'll be ready. I worked like crazy after I seen what crypto did at that time. Yeah. I was like, people didn't understand what just happened. Like that shattered the beliefs of so many people because if you think about the stock market over the years, average return of like eight to 10%. And that's, uh, that's a lot. And that's the thing. Like we seen growth of thousands of percents and that messed up a lot of people's mental state where they now want to turn a dollar into 10,000. Versus understanding like, okay, the goal is to uh, uh, accumulate more money so that you don't have to go for that huge return. But now it's like, if you have $100,000, 10% is 10,000 versus 10% of a hundred bucks. Goal is always to get more capital. Get more capital. So that just turned on like another grind mode in me to, you know, make sure that the next time, whether it's crypto or I didn't know what it was going to be, but it was like, I know something's coming up. It's kind of like the people that, um, we're around the dot-com bubble. And they were like, yeah. you know, if I would have known, I would have done this. And or done people that. Are like, I wish I invested in Apple 40 years ago. Yep. But see, like my mindset now about all that kind of stuff is diversify. So if I have a thought of something that could potentially be successful, so you take it, action. it's $100, take action, put something in it. Because I mean, just like meme coins, I don't want to get too crazy into crypto because yeah. I don't condone all the craziness that goes on in it. But I'm just saying like how these coins get crazy returns, right? Um, if you just put $10 in there and they just sat, that $10 wouldn't have affected you. You would have yeah. spent it on a drink or, you know what I mean? So that $10 could have been so much more, but instead you were too scared to potentially put that investment in. Fear. Yet you're willing to go big on your trades and risk way more than $10, you know, where yeah. there's potential outcome. It's like people just need to like take a look at, take a look at what they're doing. You have to... <laughs> You have to get your yourself. actions and your habits are not lining up with exactly. what it is you want. Yeah. So that's one of my biggest beliefs is you have to make decisions out of logic and reality. A lot of people, I feel like, especially traders, they're not living in reality of like what's normal anymore. Because I feel like once again, with the returns of crypto, it shattered logic because people are like, well, if I put a hundred dollars in this, I'm, I'm thinking the price can go up to blah, blah, blah. Same thing with trading. They think price will forever go in their direction. 
Mm-hmm. And it's simply not true. So it's like you have to have something in place that allows you to get paid from the market, but also capitalize if it continues going your way. You also have to be grateful enough to take whatever you get. So if price comes back and stops you out, then continues going. Be grateful for what price gave you before it came back. You know, so mm-hmm. it's a lot of just grateful. being ground. Hold it to Yeah. It's, this is this is what the traders need to hear. I'm not lying. I appreciate like, that. This is exactly what they need to hear. Yeah. Like all these gurus out there and talking about strategy, this, that, it doesn't right? Matter. Yeah, it doesn't. The strategy is going to work. Yes, yeah. we know this. And I, no, I personally no. feel like you can give me any strategy and I can <laughs> do it. Like I can, you know what I mean? As long as you can show me and back test that it's proven to work, mm-hmm. I can do it. I'll have human error just like anybody else, but I'll work through it. And I'll be able to succeed at it. So I think it's more so, like you said, the mentality of it. It's huge. Yeah. Do you think that uh, traders are actually going to be able to wake up? I mean, obviously, we know it's a very small percentage of them that are yeah. already there, right? Yeah. But do you think that there will be one day where maybe the mass of the traders can really wake up and understand this? Like, the the mindset of it? Or is it just... I think the odds are always going to play out where 90% yeah. fail, 10% mm-hmm. make it like in any other industry. Like, it just has to be that way, unfortunately. But everyone has the conscious choice to be on either side. But that's the thing. It's still going to play out to the odds, you know, just like any trading strategy. But yeah, I feel like every person has the potential to be on the winning side. Yeah. The other thing I want to ask you is, where do you see the future or like at least the current state of the market, right? I keep seeing this all over Twitter and it's, it's like people laying out all the facts of all the debt we're in as a country, <laughs> everything that's messed up, right? All the mortgage rates, 7.2% highest, highest uh, mortgage rate since, you know, 2008 market crash. Yeah. Yet the stock market is at an, at a high, it's at a crazy high, right? Yep. So what, tell me what your thoughts are on the current state of the market and what do you expect to see in the future? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So number one, my mindset is always do the opposite of what you hear about, especially on news or like- 100%. I don't know if I could, I suppose to say this, but Jim Cramer, like um, they say like there's an inverse Jim Cramer, you know, algorithm where if you <laughs> trade against them, you'll actually be profitable. But it's true. So like you really have to look at what they're telling you and do the opposite. When COVID hit and the market crashed, that was the best time to enter the market, although it was the most panic or fear, mm-hmm. right? So as traders, we have to understand when everyone else is scared, just like Warren Buffett said, like when everybody else is scared, that's when we have to be greedy and vice versa. So actually investors, and I actually seen Angelo, I think did too, and doubled his money, like the hundred K or whatever. But you see the mindset, it's all mindset. So as far as where the market is now, it's an uh, interesting spot because you really? can see the, the mortgage, you know, interest rates going up and all that good stuff. But at the same time, People don't want to sell the house that they got around COVID or before it because the interest rates were so low. So we got to think about things in supply and demand. Mm-hmm. If there's low supply. The bubble. I'm hearing bubble. Potentially. I mean, at this point, I don't want to say that we're, we're just waiting on a bubble to pop. I think it's more so going to be as they continue to tell us everything is fine. Wait until they tell you, you know, the stock market is at an amazing price to get in that's when you got to start thinking, take profit, you know, take yeah. profit because that's that always, yeah. Or even another thing that I've been studying recently is every time Congress tries to pass a law where, you know, those officials can no longer hold stocks. A lot of times it's an exit protocol so that it doesn't look weird when everyone exits the all market. The distraction. It's all a distraction. So I think it's, it's very important to really do your research and just understand that Things are a lot deeper than it seems a lot of the times. I mean, it's like the system is designed for you to fail, right? You got to think yeah. about who's who's owning the majority of these media companies, right? Yeah. And why are they all telling us the same exact thing word oh, for word? Exactly. And that's the weirdest part. Like, word for word. Have you seen those videos when they put them side to side? side? Yeah, it's, bro, it blows your mind. And then I just laugh at it. I'm like, they're, tell- like, they're showing us. So what are we going to do? Are what, we going to fall in love? What's crazy is that, look, <laughs> You and me laugh. We yeah. laugh at this, right? Maybe we're the 10%, right? Yeah. But everyone else, I'm sure a huge majority of people, they're, they're going to do exactly what the news tells them oh, to do. Oh, sure. They're going to believe every single thing that, that they hear on the news. It's, it's crazy. And that's the thing. It's like, if you can't live in the present moment and you're controlled by fear, anxiety, worry, all that kind of stuff, they have control over you. So your finances, your health, 
everything is going to be controlled by someone else as long as you don't have your rational thinking. You so know? this mindset is goes beyond trading. It's way bigger than trading. It's really like for your whole life. Yes, yeah, for sure. And I think trading has definitely made me a better person. Like even down to the food I eat, like I always think about how it's going to affect my brain or how it's going to affect me tomorrow so that I can be at my highest optimization to perform. I love the mindset, man. I'm literally taking, I'm going to go back and watch this video. I'm going to take notes because this is really good stuff. I appreciate it, man. What is one more thing you think people need to know? Anyone watching this, for whoever's struggling, yeah. trying to make it as a trader, who's picked up this good knowledge from this interview, what is one last thing you want to leave them with? Yeah, I would say number one is surrender to time. Like, understand that there's no way around it. The outcome is going to play out. You can look at your life and say, you know, let's just take my uh, circumstances now. I'm 27 years old. So five years is going to play out no matter what. But at the end of the five years, am I going to look back and say, you know, I'm sitting where I want to be sitting? Or am I going to be a person that regrets not putting my all into it? Because at the end of the day, anything is possible. Anybody can achieve anything. But it's the willpower to continue going through the adversity, which is going to allow you to achieve that, right? So I think that's the main thing is surrender to time. And then on top of that, it's like focus on mastery more than anything else. I actually just finished reading the book Mastery. And in there, they talk about how there's a lot of martial artists that they show up every single day and you might not get a new belt, like a new colored belt for years at a time, but they show up day in and day out just for the skill, like just to refine, just to be better. So if you show up every single day like that, there's no way that you're going to focus on money. You're going to focus on how well can I perform in the market? How well can I analyze? How well can I control my mental environment? And I think with those two things, you can succeed. You heard it, guys. <laughs> Last thing I want to ask you, do you ever see yourself owning a firm? Cause you said, you said you want to get into like apartments, real estate, all this stuff. Yeah. Do you ever see like a firm in the, in the future for you? I don't see why not. I don't, I don't limit myself. I believe, you know, if, if everything aligns correctly and you know, it makes logical sense. I'm with you. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, please drop your socials so everybody can follow you. Yeah. So on Instagram is at Rayvon effects on YouTube. It is technical gods. And Twitter, I think it's Technical Guys Effects. Sweet. This has been an amazing interview. Honestly, thank you very much. Thank you, man, for your time. It's been great. I look forward to seeing seeing what what comes next for you, man. Yeah, it's going to be big. Thanks, it's going to be big. Yeah. All right, guys. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow. We'll see you soon on the next episode. See you on the next one.